Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Bonner looking to get close side of Bonner. away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Elm Park Rules Preview pod- Podcast, brought to you by the best brewery in Berkshire. It's, of course, uh, Phantom Brewery or Phantom Brewing Co. I always forget the co at the end. Um, <laughs> Phantom Brewing Co. I or well, We are here, actually, myself. I've been joined by James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle. We're going to be discussing the up-and-coming game against Cardiff. James, how are you doing? We're actually recording this the day after a win. This is weird. I know. It feels great. And I saw a, uh, I've seen two wins this week as I was at the uh, Beaconsfield Bucks and Bucks Cup game. So I've seen oh. Reading win twice in a week, which uh, doesn't happen very you've often. Been, you've been treated this week by Reading FC. What, what, was that Was that the under, 20, under 21s, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. under 21s. Uh, so I've seen four Reading goals in two days. Oh. Now, no. you really are being treated there. <laughs> goals are a rarity at the moment, let alone four. So four goals, two wins. I mean, life can't get any better. Um, as I said, we are discussing this actually the day after the the Rotherham game because games are coming thick and fast at the moment. You've you got to get that cliche in when you're recording mm. about the championship. Um, we, we face Cardiff merely three days after facing Rotherham, but we'll have a quick look at the Rotherham game just from last night because it was our first win in six league games i think it was first since 27th of december mm. it kind of feels like a big win because it might it wasn't the best of performances but we were able to grind out a win and it's one of those that i think was a must win yes yeah, the relief really is the only word that you can sort of sort of cling to with with the you know falling behind and, and the way the crowd were feeling the equaliser felt huge and then it felt like there's only ever going to be one winner after equaliser went in um and you know the roar from what was the lowest crowd for five years but the, the roar sounded like it was you know full it was you know a real sort of weight off the shoulders and that should really now be reading home and hose you'd like to think maybe pick up a few draws here and there uh but i think hopefully it's mission it's possible and uh they're staying in the championship next season. I feel like there's a a newspaper headline in there somewhere, James. <laughs> yeah. Trying to write mission ints possible. I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, you. I mean, you mentioned the crowd. It was it was Valentine's Day. I'm sure mm. a lot of people are indulging in Valentine's Day stuff. We won't go into probably the details, but um, but it was about nine thousand or so, wasn't wasn't it yesterday? I think. Yeah, nine thousand four hundred. Yeah, I mean, for those that did turn up. I mean, they saw a win, you know, it, and it's it's an interesting thing. Our home form at the moment is exceptional. I think for a team that's, you know, coming out of an embargo, or well, still in an embargo, actually, mm. um, this season, you know, we're up to third now in the home table. The away table is a little bit different. We'll come on to that in a minute. But home form, I mean, you can't, you couldn't have really hoped for any better given how bad we've been in previous seasons. Exactly that. It's, you know, it's for all those people that have stuck by getting season tickets. I know numbers have just slowly dwindled over the last five or six years, but it's, 
you know, due reward for those that have stuck by it because, you know, it's been so poor at home over the last three or four years. And it's got to a point where people now go to home games out of habit as opposed to out of enjoyment or because they want to. But now you're actually going because you know there's a chance you might actually see Reading win. And now it's kind of flipped where the away days, and which to be fair, you never expect to win away anyway. You hope to win away. You go for the experience and, you know, everything else that comes with it. But those are the added bonuses now rather than going away, needing to win because you haven't picked up something at home. Mm. Yeah, no, it's very Jekyll and Hyde, really, mm. with our home and away form. You look at our home form, 15 games, nine wins, three draws, three losses, 24 goals as well. I think we're the third highest scorers, at, mm. uh, fourth highest, actually, I think, fourth highest scorers at home, which is odd when you think of kind of Reading's inability to kind of create goals. A lot of them probably are set plays, that that mm. being said. Um, we're turning a bit into set-piece FC, kind of um, Neil Warnock's dream, I think, um, of a team. But then we look at the away form. Obviously, we're away on Thursday, um, Friday night, sorry. Um, and it could not be any polar opposite. 16 games, three goals, uh, 16 games three wins thankfully it wasn't three goals three <laughs> wins two draws 11 losses 11 scored and 29 conceded yeah yeah no there's been a few painful ones in there i mean in fairness if you take out some of the hidings you know sort of the average sort of kind of pans out i mean well you take the four out of Sheffield united where we were just totally outplayed by you know, one of the probably one of the best teams in the league. Take out the four against Rotherham, it was just a calamity day where everything went wrong. Take eight out of that, and you know, 20 was it 20 that leaves 21 and 11. So it's what average over two away 21 know. in 14, it'd be 21 yeah. in 14. It did it. You, you got to look at things in perspective, right? Mm. Um, but one thing, one thing's for sure obviously, we haven't won away from home since Hull City. Now it's feeling yeah. a very, very long time ago. Hull City back before, yeah, before the World Cup, before the World Cup, yeah, I, it, the last game before the World Cup, mm. that and that was again a last minute winner. Um, yeah. playing Cardiff, they've obviously changed their manager, got Sabri Lamushi in there very rough on form as well at the moment we're going to have a preview with a with a cardiff city reporter later today as well just diving into it a bit more but kind of when you're looking at those sorts of games and you think especially with blackpool coming up if you can get a draw even and win if you can win friday friday night again we're talking about kind of survival nearly being done Mm -hmm. i mean you've only probably got two more wins and then you're probably over the line for this season yeah if you win on friday you know, screw it. You're only three points off the playoffs. Why, why, why are we looking over our shoulders with, with a game in hand? Why is everyone so, yeah, why is but, everyone um, getting so nervous and worked up at the moment? We're so close yeah, to the I mean, playoffs, as you say. Cardiff's normally a game where Reading tends to do all right, to be fair, in, in memory. I think we have a pretty decent record there. Um, they obviously got their first win under Lamouche yesterday as well uh, in, in late circumstances. So they'll obviously be buzzing off of that one. So, you know... <laughs> If you win your home games and you draw your away games, you're going to be up there. So, you know, take a point Friday, go and, and beat Blackpool on Saturday at home and, you know, job done. Absolutely. Kind of... Only it was that simple. It, yeah, James, I don't know why you're not <laughs> Reading FC. I mean, no disrespect to Paul Lynch, but, you know, when you put it like that, I mean, just, oh, just get in the dressing room, give them that team talk, James. It's perfect. Yeah. Just go and win. Just go and win. Just... <laughs> What's the big deal, eh? <laughs> um, there was a couple of things, obviously, to come out of the game last night as well from a Reading perspective. Um, Shane Long, 
I didn't mm. notice this actually when it happened. In the first half, he seemed to get a bit of a pounding mm. in his stomach by the looks of it. Um, and apparently was taken ill at half time, partly the reason why of he obviously came off. Um, have you got any further update or kind of what happened with that, James? Or do you think he'll be in the squad come Friday? I saw it happen. Um sort of long was looking sort of behind him for the ball to come and I think it was Bailey Wright just kind of stood out in front of him and I saw Shane Long appeal appealing and you know everybody around me was just expecting to blow up and be a foul um he didn't mention Shane Long post-match so um there's no sort of update as to whether he will or won't be but I thought it was a head injury I just presumed that they clashed heads and it would be maybe concussion and if it is concussion then he won't play Friday because of the procedures um I know he couldn't drive because his missus put on her Instagram that uh, she had to drive him home. So it wasn't if he's not capable of driving. I don't know if maybe well, probably a risk to take him to Cardiff two days later. The toils of being a footballer's wife, mm. having to drive your husband <laughs> home from a match day when they're injured, eh? <laughs> um, and kind of the other thing which broke pre-game was obviously confirmed by Ince post-game um, was obviously the one of Liam Moore. Mm. Now, kind of in the fan base, he splits opinion. Um, I was kind of getting to the point where it was like he was coming back. If he plays well for six months, we're going to play well. It seems like his Reading career is probably all but over now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's safe to say. I don't think we'll see Liam Moore in a Reading shirt ever again, Um, which is sad when you think the impact he made in the first couple of years. Obviously, it's been very, very up and down since then. And, you know, we don't know the full story and we won't know the full story until he's hung up his boots and, you know, he he can... say what he wants to say, but it's always sad when a player sort of, you know, works so hard to come back. And on two occasions, he was, you know, hair's width from from getting back involved. And and then another sort of injury comes up. And from what I heard, he, he got through the game of the 21s game all right. So it must have just been something in training or something innocuous. And, you know, it's set him back again. And, you know, the poor bloke's missed two years of his career, arguably his peak years. He's going to be, what, he's 29 now. So going to be north of 30 by the time he plays again. And you can't help but feel sorry for him, no matter who it is. Yeah, no, summed it up, I think, perfectly there. And I think, you know, whatever your opinions of of him are, he's still a person, he's still a human being, Mm. you know, and he's had a really incredibly rough last couple of years. So, um, I mean, get well soon, Liam. I think I speak for, well, I might not speak for all the fan base, but certainly for myself, I, I wish him all the best. You know, I hope he uh, recovers well and, um, you know, can can kick on his career following this this injury setback. Um, one thing that was interesting that happened last night as well. Obviously, we we finished the first half dismally. It was three at the back. Ince has always talked about going to a 4-3-3. I think the only time he might have done it so far this year was second half against Rotherham earlier in the season at their place. But he decided this was the game to switch back for it. Brought Femi Aziz on, Tyrese Fauna as well, who kind of sat in this, you know, almost sitting midfield role with um, with uh, Tom McIntyre. And it wasn't brilliant, but it was better. And we we know Ince has kind of said that that's his preferred system. That's mm. the formation he wants to play. Do you think we might start seeing a bit more of an experimental Ince coming up, um, given that we're nearly safe? Do you think mm. we might see the change of formation from the beginning on Friday? I think if you maybe give it a few more weeks possibly and you get another couple of wins, I can't see him doing it on car- on Friday against Saturday as much as, you know, they looked good for the second half. It was kind of, you know, you're losing 
you need to go out and bloody sort it out because you don't want to be losing to Rotherham kind of football. You know, it was mm. no real choice away from home against a team that need points. You know, they're going to probably a barrage of the balls in the box and you probably need five at the back or he probably thinks he needs five at the back for, for that game. So I can't see him starting it Friday. If they win Friday, um, then yeah, maybe. Why not throw it in against Blackpool? And, um, you know, at home, I always feel like a five at the back is a cop-out anyway, personally. I think you're you're the home team. You should be the one, you know, going on the front foot and, and the five at the back instantly gives the other team the impetus to go forward thinking, oh, they're not up for it here if they've had to line up the five defenders. Um, but yeah, I think as, as the season goes on, a couple more wins and he's going to have to start planning for the future. Mm. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a... It's an interesting one because obviously last last season we played four at the back. We were one of the few teams I think that played four at the back last year. Defense was tre- was dreadful, you know. Mm. And you kind of looked at it and thought something needs to change. You can understand the five at the back changing to it for the start of the season, but we're getting to that point in the season now, like say where it's like start planning for the future. And you then also have kind of the interesting case now of Femi Aziz and where to play him because yet again he came on um, against Rotherham. And I mean, he was probably the shining light. Mm. I think in that in that second half, the pace, the directness, got got a shot off away, you know, in play, good save by the keeper. But then his two crosses from from the corner and the free kick that led to both goals. He's actually got a really really good set piece delivery on him. And if we play five at the back, I mean, does he start? Where do you play him? Because he's he's kind of that left winger type player. He's not quite a striker, not quite a left wing back. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, I think, well, Ince has um, alluded in the past to maybe playing him in the 10, but I think his best position is out and out winger. And yeah, as you say, at the minute, with a five, that isn't possible. Um, but, you know, you've got to start getting him in the team. I mean, you can't, you're running out of excuses to not start him because every time he's coming on, he's making a difference. I thought him and Nesta linked up really well. And with Baba rolling his ankle, obviously, he's out of action for, you know, however many weeks. So it's going to be Nesta at left back. To have that sort of rapport, obviously they played a lot of youth games together in the 23s this season. You know, it's all football's all about relationships, and if you've got a good relationship with the person in front of you, and you know you can go a bit further forward because you know your guy's going to cover, and it's only going to you know help. And um, the two of them linking up is an exciting prospect, not only for this season but hopefully the future. Absolutely, it's 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 directness, right? You know, it's kind of, and I think the one thing that Femi Aziz kind of gives us, I like you saw it against Watford when he came on and he did that first kind of, it was almost like a cross field run where I think two Watford players tried to tackle him, but he barreled through it, mm-hmm. kept the ball, and it's just that those driving runs, and he did that again, obviously with with the ball that went over the top, which actually led to his shot the add on target where he was nearly brought down, but the pace that he showed to kind of get right side of the defender got up quick you know he could have stayed down and got an easy, a cheap foul but he didn't you know he wants to get up he wants to impress and you know maybe he's got a point to prove to the gaffer you know but it will be interesting to see what Ince does because because mm-hmm. kind of I I kind of he I, I just can't see him playing in a five at the back system and I can you change a formation to fit him in the team can you call that a justification mm. some fans will say yes some fans will say no because of obviously you know he's still relatively inexperienced as a player but it's certainly a um a headache that Ince will have to start pondering you know going forwards does he just keep him as you know this kind of super super subbing mm. pack sub type player that he's doing this role really well now or does he look to kind of 
change the system up with looking looking at him for the future because uh, it'll be an interesting one. Um, so with 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 that in mind, obviously with with the with the game coming up at, um, on Friday away from home what are you what are your score predictions james for this because it's uh mm. trying to predict away from home you <laughs> might as well just pick numbers out of a hat right at yeah. this point yeah i'm going one all didn't take a point one all point take, away from home take point yeah, yeah point away from home is always a good point i think yeah i i'd kind of agree i think a point away from home i think most people will be will be satisfied with because then I mean, you've got your home game against Blackpool, which yeah. kind of you'd you'd look at that as the more winnable game. But you know, um, I'd probably agree with you. I mean, maybe a nil-nil. Sorry to, I, I will be travelling, but um, <laughs> oh I'm, god, I'm gonna, I'm, be five on Cardiff then if you're travelling. Yeah, no, that that that's very true. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm going to go with a nil-nil. Um, clean I'm sheet. To be honest, yeah, I, we're overdue a clean sheet. I yeah. think at the moment we've not had one for. For some time, obviously, we I think had, we're I think only we had, on seven or eight for the season. Yeah, and I think a lot came early in the season, didn't mm. they? Um, with, um, with 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 Lumley and Bazanis, I think. Mm. Uh, I think Bazanis got one, Lumley got a few, but um, but yeah, um, fantastic. Well, James, I mean, thank you so much for hopping on and um, discussing. There wasn't there actually is. a press conference this week, no. so um, so, so we we don't have any behind the scenes gossip. I know. <laughs> I know James is the one to bring all the scoops uh, to to the Reading FC fan base, but um, I mean, I'm sure if you keep keep an eye on his Twitter, he will uh, he will keep everyone as updated as possible when there's not a uh, when there's not a press conference. But for the moment, we are going to head over to the view from the opposition. Now, um, you'll have Alex. You're done with my droney voice, which you'll be <laughs> you'll be thrilled to hear, I'm sure. Um, Alex will be talking to Tom Coleman from Wales Online. So we'll see you on the other side of the break. Hello and welcome back to the Unpacked Rules podcast. Been joined now by Tom Coleman from Wales Online. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I can't really complain. Both of our teams managed to uh, pick up a victory last night. We're recording this on Wednesday evening and Cardiff managed to pick up their first victory of the year as well as Reading in the league. And I think that was Cardiff's first win in 12, Tom. Uh, well, first win in 14, if you count the cup. Um, yeah, it's been a long time coming. And, um, you know, I think it's it's the sort of win that Cardiff kind of needed, really. I, I don't Because I don't think they played particularly badly under, under Sab, Sabri Lamushi since he came in. But... Um, yeah, things just haven't quite worked out for them and um it wasn't the prettiest of victories on Tuesday but to be up and running finally and to have those three points and and to be go so long as you said and to break that winless um winless run could be crucial and hopefully trying to build up a bit of momentum um because let's not forget you know they're still very much very much in the thick of the relegation battle in the championship so yeah, these you, high margins could be crucial. Yeah, you mentioned the relegation battle and yesterday's victory for for you guys uh, managed to pull you three points clear of the relegation battle for now. But obviously with uh, the extra game played so far and this weekend is going to be, I guess, one where Cardiff are going to try and kick on for, you know, try and kick on, get a victory at home. Will be the first victory at home under under Lamucci, and it's 
only happened once, I think, this season for Cardiff so far, where they've actually managed to pick up two victories in a, or a you know, back-to-back victories. Uh, so if we look look ahead to the game on Friday, or I, I mean, actually, to be honest, we could look look ahead to the players who are going to kind of be key men on on the day on Friday night. We uh, look at that Cardiff squad and you've got a kind of one standout striker who's picking up goals at a relatively okay rate with Callum Robinson. But then outside of that, it feels like there's just not really that much of a goal threat at the minute in the Cardiff side. Yeah, well, I think up until this point, that would be a very fair comment. Um, But I mean, in fairness to Cardiff, they have tried to rectify that. Obviously, January was a very difficult transfer window given they were under embargo and, you know, they still are under certain terms of what they can and can't do in in terms of uh, transfer windows going forward. Um, but they did do you bring... Know how long, do you know how, how long that embargo is going to last, Tom? It's, a, it's for the Salah transfer, isn't it, if I remember correctly? Uh, yeah, I, I I don't is the short answer because I'm not privy to, to, to all, all of the terms, but um, certainly in the January, because um, it's all a bit confusing because it sort of runs into a FIFA embargo um, and also an EFL embargo. The EFL embargo is the one that's been lifted. Um, but there are still terms, I think, of the of the FIFA embargo. Although, I, I, perhaps don't quote me on that because, uh, like I said, the situation is quite complicated. But what I will say is that, you know, it's Cardiff were very, very heavily restricted in what they could not couldn't do in the transfer window. They had to rely really on free transfers and... and um, and the like. So, you know, they brought on Sori Kaba on loan from um, from Michelin in Denmark. Um, he's already off the mark, um, netted against Middlesbrough uh, last weekend. Um, doesn't, I mean, the main criticism I would have of him so far is that maybe he doesn't quite hold the ball up well enough, um, which is quite a useful skill in the championship because you need that physicality up front because, um, you know, it, it's... It, I think one of the problems Cardiff have had is that, you know, the efforts in the final third, the final ball, and as I said, you know, trying to hold up things um, in advanced positions has perhaps not been there. Um, So that's perhaps something they can improve. But I mean, in and around the box, he looks like a pretty tidy player. Um, So we'll wait and see, see how that that pans out. Uh, The other one, of course, was Connor Wickham. Um, That deal was done on Tuesday. Uh, before the Birmingham game, he came off off the bench. He actually nearly scored with his first touch, actually. Um, but again, he looks he looks pretty sharp, and I think he's probably got a bit of a point to prove, considering all the injuries he's had. Um, I mean, I'd I'd be interested to know just how long, in terms of uh, cumulative tally, he's spent on the on the on the treatment table in recent mm. years. It, honestly, it must run into it must run into the months, if not years, at this point. I think yeah. we were linked with Connor Wickham maybe last, I want to say it was maybe last summer. Um, I remember people saying, like, the fact that we're being linked with Connor Wickham, who at the time had just had been at MK Dons, I think, at that point, and had scored one goal for MK Dons. And it was it was a very, like, just big hit of realism in the face when you're in embargo and you, you, can, sign a, you can sign a player from League One who's maybe scored one goal in a season. Uh, it's... Yeah, it really gives you a gives you a big dose of realism as to what an embargo is actually like. And looking at the formations that Lamucci has kind of taken Cardiff out in in the last couple of weeks, 
5-3-2 yesterday against Birmingham. Looks like two up front with um, with Robinson and Kova. Uh, Kova. Carver. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's, it's look it looks like it's two up front, which is a little bit unusual maybe for the championship at this point, because it seems like more teams kind of try to line up with either one striker or kind of three strikers with two wide men more often than not now. Um yeah, I take your point, but I think um one of the ways that Lamucci likes to play is it's quite a direct style of football and it's, and it's very much focusing on getting the ball as forward as quickly as possible. And I think you could argue, I mean, Cardiff don't really have a big, I mean, perhaps Wickham will be it, but at the moment they don't really have a sort of big target man that can hold up play um, and, you know, is someone to aim at. Um, so I think two, two up front kind of makes the way that Lamucci wants to play a bit easier. Um, it's interesting you should mention the five at the back because that's actually the first time he's he's done it since he got since he arrived because he actually preferred a four at the back, and I just didn't think it worked because Cardiff don't really have at the moment a, a recognised left back. Um, I mean, they, Jack Simpson played there a couple of times and looked very very uncomfortable. Um, so I actually thought the three at the back or five at the back, whatever you want to call it, um, looked a lot more balanced in terms of not just the defensive side of things, but you had. The likes of Calmadalda and Marlon Romeo um, in the wing back positions, they were then allowed to sort of contribute a lot more going forward. Um, and I think you also had the likes of Perry NG, who to me, his best position is on the right side of a three. And, you know, I think he really, really benefited from that. Yeah, um, he scored a cracking free kick as well. If you haven't watched that yet, any of the, any of the people <laughs> listening out there, definitely, definitely worth going and checking that one out. He's put it right in the top corner last night. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's it surprised me. Um, well, it surprised quite a lot of people who, who who watch Cardiff regularly because I don't think, and perhaps perhaps someone could correct me on this, but I can't remember Perry NG ever taking a free kick from that distance, um, and I certainly can't remember him producing something as special as that. But um, no, yeah, it was it was fantastic, and there's, there's actually a really good video that's gone around about um, of that free kick from from the fans' point of view. Which is an even better angle. So if you can, if you can if you can watch that, that'd be great. But uh, yeah, no, so absolutely stunning stuff. And we we obviously we mentioned uh, Perry who signed what twenty twenty one I think. But one of the signings who joined in twenty twenty two is Andy Renamoto, who seems to be pretty much a mainstay in that Cardiff eleven now. And obviously, having signed from Reading, we kind of know what he's all about. With his engine doesn't stop on the field and. Has it been similar for Cardiff this season? What what have you kind of made of him this year? Well, yeah, I think I, it's difficult to be to 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 heavily praise anyone too much in this Cardiff team because obviously they are where they are, and they you know, and I hate to use cliches like this, but the table doesn't lie, does it? So um, I think he's definitely found life tough at times. I think sometimes the midfield has been a bit too passive, and that's not his. I'm not singling him out for criticism on that. I think you know, as a unit, the midfield sometimes hasn't been good enough, um, sometimes hasn't been prominent enough, and dare I say, it, at times has even been overrun by by especially by the better teams. Um, so yeah, he's found it tough. I, I I thought he played very well on Tuesday. Um, 
against Birmingham. And as you say, you know, he does have that motor in him. And it's certainly one of the things you can always count on him from what I've seen of him is that, um, you know, the, the, he will add that injection of energy um, if he gets the chance to get on the ball and you know, gets a chance to contribute. Um, but I'm, I, I, I do kind of get the feeling that he's one of several players, really, that we've not quite yet seen the best of. So I would hope that he especially would be um, thinking to himself that there's more to come over the coming weeks. Yeah, I feel like he was similar at Reading. It felt like he was only ever in teams which struggled, yet it was never really him who was struggling. It's a, it's an odd, odd situation when you've got players like that who you think probably could be doing better with a better team around them, but don't ever really look that bad in a team when they're struggling. But, I mean, as you say, the table doesn't really lie. Cardiff have kind of gone through a period now, I guess, since being relegated a few years ago, of pretty much constant decline, as, as sad as it is to say. Um, and it, it does feel like probably it's going to be three of the bottom five to get relegated. What's the kind of fear factor in Cardiff fans at the minute? Is it pretty much a we're destined for it, it's going to happen uh, kind of reality at the moment? Or it's, does there seem to be a bit of hope after, you know, after picking up a result? Uh, a bit of both, to be quite honest with you. I think, um, well, look, there's two big fear factors here. One is that um, the teams below them, uh, Blackpool, uh, Huddersfield, and um, I've forgotten the other one. Wigan. <laughs> Wigan, there we go. I've all got games in hand on them. And that's um, that's always something that you can do without when you're in a relegation battle. And you know, I think going into that game on Tuesday, Wigan were level on points. So it's only goal difference that really separated Cardiff from the bottom three. Um, so um, that's a worry. I think there is still a feeling, though, that those three teams probably won't pick up the points. Um, but I don't think you can rely on that. I mean... I think it's interesting. I, I, it's a very similar situation to Reading last year, I think, where there was three teams below us who were all pretty poor. I mean, Derby aside, but the points deduction kind of discounted them. But the, the teams below us were very poor last year. And in the end, yeah. it felt like Reading were relying on teams to not pick up the points rather than being able to pick up the points themselves. It, it feels kind of similar to what maybe is going to happen to Cardiff this season, that they're going to end up potentially staying up, but not really of their own doing. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think that's pretty fair. I, I think the, the one thing I, one caveat to all this though, is that um, all of the teams I think have, have, have shifted their manager. So, and one of them obviously, well, in fact, no, both the two of them have appointed ex Cardiff bosses, Blackpool appointing Mick McCarthy. And the real Difficult one that I think is not sitting too well is Neil Warnock at Huddersfield. Um, and I think many Cardiff fans would back Neil Warnock to get Huddersfield out of there. And so it's then, you know, then the problem is, is well, if Huddersfield get out of it, which um, I think many Cardiff fans are sort of resigned to Neil Warnock masterminding, who's that going to be at the expense of? Is it going to be at the expense of? Expense of Cardiff or the likes of Rotherham or someone like that going to get sucked in, sucked in again. Um, I mean, he's managed half of the teams down there anyway already, hasn't he? I think pretty much everybody, in fact, Cardiff, Rotherham, Huddersfield, 
he's, uh, he seems to have been everywhere anyway. So whoever he managed, whoever drops out of the league this season, if if Huddersfield managed to stay up, it's probably going to be at the expense of a former Neil Warnock team anyway, somehow. Mm. Um, which mm. whoever it is, is not going to be very pleased with it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I think the general mood is. It was a little bit more positive after Tuesday, but I think it was very telling that um, both Lamucci and, I mean, we, we heard from Perry NG afterwards as well, and the message was very much, you know, yes, it's great to have the three points, but we've got to focus on Friday now because this win is ultimately going to be completely meaningless if we can't build on it. And, um, yeah, I think so. That's, that, that was kind of encouraging to hear because, yes, although it is positive to get that win, and you know it is a bit of a monkey off their back in many ways. It will ultimately count for nothing if they can't get something out Friday night. And of course, the game's going forward because the game's going to come thick and fast now as well. That's the other thing. You know they've got to um, they've got to accept that there's a lot of hard work still to be done. And in fairness, I think the noises coming out of the dressing room are pretty positive on that one. Yeah, I mean it is much easier to kind of have those positive. Uh, Positive vibes coming out of the dressing room after after three points. Certainly, the uh, the game on Friday. If we look look forward to it for a couple of minutes here, where do you think Cardiff are, are going to be weakest in terms of is it open play? Where can Reading threaten them? Essentially, I guess. Um, I think it's I think that that's going to kind of depend on what how Lamucci sets it up. Um, so I mean. The Cardiff of a week or two ago, I'd say the left-hand side would be the big key weakness for them. Um, but I think certainly on Tuesday, there were some more encouraging signs. As I said, I mean, I, I mentioned the word balance before. And I think, you know, it applies again here in terms of in terms of what they need to be looking for. Um but for me, goals are still a problem. Goals are still a problem for Cardiff. I mean, defensively, they've they've done okay. Um, but Sorry Cabot and, as I mentioned, Connor, Connor Wickham, you know, they've had some decent flashes. So too have other strikers in, in, in this squad. I mean, you mentioned Callum Romson at the beginning, who's obviously their top scorer. Um, for me, he's not an out-and-out -out striker. I think he's a, a, a really good sort of option to have as a number 10 or as someone maybe a secondary striker something like that who's not an out and out striker um so they're both still kind of both wickham and cabra are still kind of unknown quantities at the minute so it's very very difficult to see how they're going to address um cardiff's difficulties in the final third um but certainly i think midfield remains um Midfield remains a concern, whatever the case for me. I think the likes of Romain Sawyers, for example, has been very, very disappointing for me. Um, there's just too many games that have passed him by. Um, and I think you know, any kind of team that likes to sort of pack the midfield and you know, um, is good out of possession as well as in possession, um, I think mm. can cause problems for Cardiff in midfield. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a difficult one to answer because I still get the feeling that Lamucci is still kind of feeling around for what the best setup is, for what the best system is. I mean, we, we kind of know that he likes a sort of direct style of football, but other than that, I still think he's trying to 
just establish himself within the squad a bit. Yeah, I mean, well, he said after the game on Tuesday, it's like, you know, I've spent two weeks with the team. I feel I feel like now I, I, I kind of know what everyone's capable of, essentially. And I think that was quite a revealing comment because it kind of suggested that perhaps those first two or three games, he perhaps was still trying to get to grips of the capabilities of this squad and what it can and can't do, what its strengths and weaknesses are. So it'll be very interesting to see how he sets up. On, on yeah, Friday. it feels like uh, it feels like a game which could. It really, honestly, could go anyway because with Reading, they it feels like maybe we might be slowly looking towards some changes in formation. And with Cardiff, it feels like Lamucci is still working out how how to kind of get the best out of Cardiff. So it feels like the the systems kind of go for the last three four weeks could be thrown out of the window so i mean mm. making a prediction tom for this is going to be quite difficult but i'll ask you anyway what do you think the score is going to be on friday i think we have a re- relatively good record against cardiff actually um at the uh, cardiff city stadium from from memory i don't think we've lost there for i don't know how long it must must be at least five or six years now yeah reading are a bit of a bogey team uh for for, for cardiff um yeah i <laughs> I mean, as I said, there's still those um, those slight unknowns in the two players they brought in in January, and in terms of just how sharp they are and where they are in terms of in terms of their fitness. Um, but I think if we see if we see the likes of you know of Connor Wickham showing the sort of form that he showed for for Forest Green Rovers earlier on in the season, and I appreciate that's another level, but I think. The big thing for Connor Wickham has been, you know, the injury side of things. I don't think anyone can really doubt that he's still a good performer at this level. So if the likes of him can sort of stand up to the physical challenge, then I think Cardiff could probably, could possibly sneak something. But I don't know. It's difficult because it's difficult to back any team when they're down there, isn't it? Um, but yeah. I, I I do think that this, that this latest one will have galvanised the fans a little bit so I will go for a narrow Cardiff win but the narrowest of narrow Cardiff wins a sneaky one though just 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 because I think the fans will be a lot more up for it than perhaps they would have been um, I, I'm, I'm leaning the other way I'm gonna go for a 1-1 um Reading wouldn't surprise seeming, me seemingly can't keep a clean sheet uh for love nor money away from home so it's going to be difficult, but we also really struggle to score goals. So one one, maybe, maybe get a set piece, and that 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 might be, you know, shut up shop, and we'll we'll kind of play for a point and hope that Cardiff are happy with it. I mean, if um, if Reading if Reading keep conceding goals and Cardiff can't score goals, it's got nil nil written all over it, isn't it? <laughs> I would pick the perfect game for a Friday night to end the weekend. I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's an um, interesting choice for Friday night, isn't it? no idea sky they do pick some weird games don't they sky um but i'm sure someone someone at sky must have some good reason to pick reading versus cardiff for friday night game um not quite sure what they are but i'm sure they've written down somewhere anyway tom thank you for joining us today um no worries best of luck to cardiff for the rest of the season after friday night and for everybody listening we'll be back sometime on sunday with a or saturday actually because it's a friday night game we'll be back on saturday at some point with a roundup of the cardiff game uh if you've enjoyed today's episode drop us a follow on spotify or 
Apple Podcasts, a five-star review would be fantastic. Thank you very much, and we'll speak to you all very soon. Cheers.